This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake joined, as always, by Gabby Urrutia. And Gabby, in the most recent podcast, we did a quick little instant reaction pod, mainly about Paradise Camp. And we let the listeners know we will kind of recap the official visitors on the next pod. So that's what we're going to do here on the first half of this podcast. And then in the second half, we're going to get into some fun off-season banter that Manny Diaz uh, got into uh, during an interview with the media at Paradise Camp. And also just in general, kind of project where things are going in the month of July with Miami uh, and recruiting. So let's jump into it, Gabby. Um, it, Miami had six official visitors, uh, over the weekend. And I think the hurricanes are trending positively for most of those guys. I want to start with the guy who's, who picked up some crystal ball predictions following his Miami visit. And that is three star defensive tackle out of Lake Nona High School in Orlando, Florida. Oh, I guess he's a four-star. That's my bad, Zane, Zane Durant. He is a four-star out of Lake Nona High School, Orlando, Florida. Picked up some orange and green crystal balls and set his decision date. Tell us what we need to know there, Gabby. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, uh, I, I definitely think Miami's trending in the right direction for him. Uh, you know, he was a guy that my, he actually worked out for Miami. I'm pretty sure it was on June 1st. And if it wasn't June 1st, it was June 2nd. I know it was very, very early on that, you know, Miami was sort of able to get eyes on him. And I think since they saw him sort of moving around, you know, with Coach Jess Simpson, that I think he's a guy that really just sort of shot up their board. Uh, again, just sort of like a twitchy guy, kind of fits what Miami's kind of trying to do, especially on defense. You know, it's really about getting after the quarterback. That's really just kind of been the mantra. And I think he he's a guy that could – potentially do it pretty well uh you know maybe a little undersized for some people's liking i believe he's listed at 6'1 251 but i think he's an athletic guy and kind of just fits the bill for miami and uh i think that you know it would be a great addition for the defensive line if he was to pick miami you know in a couple days yeah a guy that i think has good twitch like you said not the biggest guy at at 6'1 251 right now uh but but he's a guy that definitely has the frame to fill out get close to that 300 pound mark. And I still think he would maintain his Twitch at that size. Uh, it sound, I guess he's, he's going to announce on July 4th, right, Gabby, between what Miami UCF, Indiana and Penn state. Yeah, I think it's, I think he told Andrew Ivins uh, that it's going to be Indiana, Penn state or Miami. Like those okay. are like his top three. 
So, you know, especially just coming off the official visit uh, to Miami for him to sort of set that commitment date so soon, you know, just a few days uh, coming out, you know, just like wrapping up the visit, setting up a date that was, you know, pretty soon. I think if you're Miami, you have to be feeling pretty good about that, uh, you know, with those other two visits kind of being earlier in the month. So, again, Miami's the, the closest school to him, you know, just a few hours down the road. Uh, Penn State, Indiana, obviously much, much further. So uh, I know Miami really likes where, you know, what, what he could bring to the defense. And I know Miami likes where, you know, kind of like where they stand in this. So I think it would be a big addition. Next guy I think we should touch on. He's not necessarily picking up uh, Miami crystal balls at this stage, but I think there was some notable news in his recruitment coming out of the official visit. And that's the, the four-star linebacker, Devin Jackson out of Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, he decided to push back his commitment date. I think he was originally going to announce between Arizona state and Miami on what July 2nd. Is that correct, Abby? Yeah. He, I mean, he, he didn't really have a, a commitment date. At least he didn't tell me any specific date, okay. but he made it seem coming into the visit that he was going to visit Miami, go back home and and make a decision in early July. So it could have been any of these dates, you know, coming up. But, uh, you know, that's not that's no longer going to be the case. So I think it'll get pretty interesting. Yeah, so do, that, do you know, like, is there a new timetable there? Is it going to be later July, or, or does he kind of want to see how things play out in the season, you think? Yeah, I think it's, gonna, I think it's probably going to be in July. Uh, I could see it being in early August, you know, following the visit. You know, I, I really think he came into, into Miami kind of in, with the mentality – that he was going to commit to Arizona state, you know, right after, uh, you know, after spending time in Coral Gables, I think Miami did. I think Miami really gave him something to think about. Uh, I know he's going to go home now and really talk things over with his family and really see what the best option is for him. Like, I really think Miami was a big monkey wrench into that recruitment. Like he admitted to me that like, you know, he came into Miami, maybe a little bit more reserved, like not sure that he would fit in with the culture, you know, being a guy from Nebraska and all that stuff. And, you know, I feel like he sort of kind of, you know, opened himself up, especially with Tyreek Austin Cave, another, you know, outsider, a guy from New York, an out-of-state guy that came into Miami to play linebacker. And I think he really started to sort of feel more comfortable. I think he – I just think he kind of just started to open up his mind a little bit more as he start, started to see all the different things. And, you know, I really think that Miami left him with something – I mean, obviously gave him enough to think about. Like, he was going to – was he definitely was going to pick Arizona State if he – if he, maintain the same timetable so i think the fact that he's pushing it back says a lot about what miami was able to sort of do uh especially you know with him uh his mom his dad his little sister were in town with him and i think all those guys uh definitely impressed left impressed with you know the whole miami experience so uh i i definitely think it's going to be an interesting one to kind of watch over the next few weeks could be said it could be two weeks it could be three weeks he said it could be up to seven weeks like he doesn't know but he okay. definitely is going to take some more time and just kind of re really figure out where he stands with all this. Is it fair to say, do you think that dad is totally on board with Miami and that now it's up to Miami to get uh, Devin a hundred percent on board compared to Arizona state? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. Um, you know, I, I believe from what I understand that, you know, dad, again, as someone that, you know, coached alongside Garen justice, I know that there is a sense of trust there. Uh, I do know that, you know, that his family and others, you know, around him feel like, you know, Miami could be a place for him, uh, potentially be the place for him. And I think now it's just up to Devin to really 
just kind of make that decision for himself. And, you know, Arizona ultimately could still be the pick uh, at the end of this, but, you know, there is some potential sanctions coming down on them. And, you know, I feel like maybe some people in his family are more aware of it or more willing to hear that than maybe Devin is at this point. So, you know, I think they're really going to have to think long and hard about what it is that he really wants his college experience to be like. And if Arizona state is the spot for that, uh, you know, I think the early playing time is probably intriguing for him over there. Uh, that could Arizona state could easily be the pick, you know, if he really wants to, you know, just really be more patient and just be developed and play at, you know, honestly, bigger college football. I think that Miami could end up being the pick, but I think it's ultimately going to come down to what does Devin Jackson sort of prioritize more. And uh, so I could really see this one going either way, honestly, when it's all said and done. The other linebacker to touch on that was visiting four-star out of Orlando, Florida, Dr. Phillips High School, Demario Tolan. Um, I think going into the visit, Gabby, you and I touched on how, you know, in April, maybe even early May, even mid-May, we felt like there was a good chance Demario would, would be a member of Miami's class. Um, then he took his visits. He, he kind of made it clear, too, that he was always highly interested in Clemson. Clemson came through with an offer in early June. And so it just kind of seemed like maybe things were trending away from Miami. Um, but I think it's fair to say that Miami's definitely in the thick of it for DeMario now. And I think this official visit weekend kind of helped things in terms of getting Miami back in the picture. Fair to say? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I definitely feel like Miami helped themselves this weekend. And, you know, yeah, we, we felt good about DeMario earlier on in the process. And then, you know, he went and saw Clemson, LSU, a bunch of other places, and, you know, kind of felt like, you know, maybe Miami wasn't the team to beat anymore. But I think coming off this last official visit, again, it being the last one, I definitely feel like, you know, there's Miami's fresh in its mind and, and definitely in a good spot heading into that July 8th decision. Uh, you know, I guess we saw him having conversations with John Beeson, with Calais Campbell, you know, a lot of people sort of in his ear, you know, throughout Paradise Camp that, you know, were definitely pushing Miami to him. And, you know, I, I think it would be tough for that not to be impactful, you know, as he is, is he set to make his decision? So, you know, I, I feel pretty good about where Miami stands. I feel better now about where Miami stands than I definitely did on, you know, Thursday before, you know, he was even on the visit. So I think that says a lot, but again, I think LSU Clemson, probably the two most, uh, probably the two biggest competitors, you know, heading into that decision. So uh, I think it would be big if Miami were to pick up his, his pledge on the ninth or the eighth or whatever it is that he's picking. I think too, like if, if the staying close to home is a factor for him, and I'm not saying it is, I think Miami would be the pick over Florida state. Fair to say. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Miami's probably in a better position for Tolan than, than Florida state is, you know, I mean, that, that's just kind of like the, the overall read from the situation. Uh, I talked to him on the phone. I know Andrew wrote something up with him, but I also caught up with him just to kind of, I just wanted to kind of get my own vibe on him and, and, uh, I would definitely say Miami's probably in a better spot than Florida State is at this point. And then let's let's touch on the offensive line that, that visited. Um, you know, we, we made we we touched on just how massive Jacob Hood measured in at at Miami, six nine and what three sixty? Is that the measurements, Gabby? Yeah, I think it was like six nine and a half. I think it was three over three seventy uh, okay. from what from what I heard. And uh, yeah, he is he is an absolute mountain of a man for sure. And it, he carries it well, like we said in the last podcast. Um, what what vibe did you get from him, you know, after catching up with him? 
Yeah, I think he's still going to take his time with this. Uh, you know, he said that, you know, a decision could come in August, potentially early September. Um, he's not done with his visits. You know, that last week of July opens back up and, you know, Florida could get him on campus. LSU can get him on campus. So I do think that there's a couple other schools that he's still interested in seeing before this all wraps up. Uh, I know the feeling is that, you know, Georgia might be the primary competition, but I think Miami's very much in the thick of things here. Uh, again, another guy from SEC country. I know we've touched on it in other podcasts, you know, guy from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, it's it, Miami really seems to be like the biggest non-SEC player in this recruitment. I know Michigan State and Michigan are to- two other programs that he's kind of tossed, that he sort of tossed around to me, but it feels like Miami is kind of right in there with, uh, you know, Georgia, Auburn, uh, Florida, LSU. I, I believe he's visited Ole Miss and Michigan, uh, Mississippi State in the past as well. So I, I think it would be a big win for Miami over, you know, these SEC schools. But, you know, it, it's it's going to be a tough one, you know, just kind of him being one of those regional guys. And then Dotri Richardson, the three-star out of Miami Central High School, offensive tackle. Uh, what, what's the feeling there? Yeah, I really think, I mean, this is a Miami-Florida State battle all the way. Uh, I think all the way, this is a Miami-Florida, it's going to be, it's going to be one of those two programs. Um, You know, people in Tallahassee feel good about Daughtry. Uh, You know, I feel good about Daughtry, you know, potentially picking Miami. Like, you know, I I feel like he says a lot of the right things about both programs. Uh, You know, I I, I think that he had a strong visit. I think that this visit only helped Miami. But, uh, you know, it seems like the Hurricanes have really been able to make a push, you know, over, you know, these past few months. I think otherwise he might have already been committed to Florida State. Uh, but I really think Miami c- continues to give him something to think about. Um, you know, he's going to make a commitment on July 26th. That's pretty soon. So Miami could be the last school that he really sees before that, before that decision. And, uh, you know, I feel like it's hard to really get a sense of wh- like which school or the other. Um, you know, I, I could, again, just similar to Devon Jackson, I could see this going either way, but I mean, I think if you're Miami, you have to feel pretty good about what you've been able to do with him and how you've kind of been able to work that recruitment over, you know, basically since April, since you offered him, uh, it feels like Miami's really done a good job putting their best foot forward there. So just got to continue to grind it out throughout the month and kind of see where, where everything falls. Yeah. Florida state's still the leader on the crystal ball for Daughtry. If it were me, I probably would lean towards Florida state. Uh, but again, like you said, I mean, Miami has made up ground and honestly, even if he does pick Florida state in July, I don't think it's necessarily over in the long run. Uh, you know, just depending on how the two seasons of Miami and Florida state go, but we'll touch on that more in the second half of the podcast. Um, last, last guy to talk about kind of the man of mystery, Jaleel Skinner, (laughs) Uh, four-star tight end out of Greer, South Carolina, number one tight end in the country. Um, he was def- I will say this about Jaleel, right? Uh, he, he doesn't talk much. The people in his camp don't really like talking, uh, which is fine. Got to respect that. Uh, but it was clear at Paradise Camp how he was kind of treated like the VIP of the official visitors that were there. Um, you know, there was always a current hurricane around him, whether it was Jake Garcia, Elijah Arroyo, uh, spending time with him. I saw him hanging out with Calais Campbell um, a lot. So everyone David in the Njoku building, too. David Njoku, yep. Every, it seemed like everyone in the building was well aware of, of how big of a deal Jaleel Skinner is, right? Um, and, and it looked like he was enjoying his time 
and his family was enjoying their time too uh, at UM, you know, in terms of at Paradise Camp. Do you have any nuggets, any any vibes, anything to share there on Jaleel Skinner? Yeah, I mean, no, I think you I think you hit a lot of it. Uh, I mean, just like physically, like, I mean, just to kind of touch on that, I mean, he's just a really impressive looking specimen. You know, David and Joe, obviously an impressive guy. He looked a little bit taller. I mean, maybe you, I don't know if you got the same. I, I feel like he looked a, a little bit taller than, than David and Joku. Yeah. Uh, you know, already has a, a frame where you could see him like really filling out and getting thick the way David Njoku got here at Miami and has just continued to kind of look that way, you know, throughout his pro career with the Cleveland Browns. Um, I mean, I think he's a super, super intriguing product. That was the first time I'd ever seen him in person. And I was just like, man, like this is what you, this is, this is what a game changing tight end sort of looks like. So, you know, would definitely be a huge, huge addition for Miami if that were to happen. Again, he looked like he was having a great time hanging out with Jake Garcia and Elijah Royo, like just like genuinely seemed to be enjoying himself. So I think that I think that definitely helps. I'm not going to sit here and say, like, you know, I feel like Miami's going to land him or anything like that. But, um, you know, I do feel like wherever he was at with Miami, I think he has to be feeling a little bit better about them, you know, just based on how we saw him sort of just walking around and, you know, just kind of again, like you what you mentioned, just having a good time, the family having a good time and all that stuff. So I think that's a I think that's a plus for sure. Yeah, and Florida State is the leader on the crystal ball right now. I'm not sure how much I'm buying that, to yeah. be honest. I think this recruitment still has a long ways to go. And you got powerhouses like Alabama, who really, really wants Jaleel. Florida, uh, still in the mix. And, and I think it, if Clemson, who is kind of the in-state school, if Clemson pushes hard, I think they're going to be tough to beat as well. Uh, but again, Miami, I think, made a strong impression. And obviously, their tradition at tight end is well known. So we'll see what, what happens there with that relationship building. Um, before we take a break here, Gabby, I want to ask you, you know, is there anything else worth kind of touching on uh, from paradise camp that maybe we missed in the instant reaction pod? I know like while we were potting um, you kind of found out that Miami's uh, offer to 2022 offensive linemen, Tapuve Amama, who I guess is from Utah, right? It was a real offer. Um, you know, do, is there anything else you think we missed it in the instant reaction pod of Paradise Camp that we should touch on now? I've been trying to, I've been thinking about that one and uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I feel like we touched on a lot of things, a lot of just like, you know, a lot of the major topics and stuff. David, is there anything that you think? Because I mean, there's nothing off like the top of my head that I can really like. So yeah, in terms of 2022, I think just Amama was was kind of the only thing, yeah. right? Um, and so it'll be interesting, I think, to see how how serious that is going to be. You know, the offer is real, um, but but is he going to come back for an official visit? All that good stuff. So um, yeah, I think you know we'll take a break now, and we will touch on more kind of stuff from Paradise Camp. Uh, that that kind of generated some headlines here in the last couple of days in terms of Manny Diaz making comments about fake momentum. So let's take a break, Gabby, and uh, we'll, we'll dive into that topic here after the break. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back, and Gabby Manny Diaz made some comments that were interesting, and, um, you know, so, okay, let's just set the scene, right? So at Paradise Camp, uh, Miami was kind enough to make Manny Diaz available to the media, and, you know, it's about a 10-minute media session, and he's answering questions on the general topics, such as, you know, how are these guys doing that were injured in the spring? How, how are they looking for the season opener? What are your thoughts on, on the general state of recruiting in the month of June? Um, and, you know, he was, of course, asked about, you know, the amount of commitments that Miami has right now in this 2022 cycle and how it's a low amount, especially for Miami, uh, you know, what we're used to in recent years. And, um, you know, Manny Diaz essentially... Uh, well, I'll, I'll admit, like I asked him, you know, how much of the, of the low commitment number was, is due to you guys kind of being picky. And I don't think he really liked my phrasing of picky, uh, but he kind of, he understood what I was getting at. Right. Um, and during his answer, he uh, basically said, I'll read the quote. He said, we are not a high pressure outfit. There is a lot of schools that kind of press kids to commit to try and get some fake momentum because of that. And that is fine in the recruiting bake off of June because it is not signing day. We want to be authentic in our relationships. And if a kid picks Miami, we want it to be for the right reasons. I feel good about where we are at. So, you know, he didn't necessarily name the school. He's kind of throwing shade at Gabby, but, um, I think it's pretty clear he's talking about Florida State. Um, and I'll give you the floor now. What, what were your thoughts on that comment? Do you believe he's talking about Florida State? And, um, you know, do you think it's a fair comment by Manny or not? Yeah, um, I, think it's pretty, I think it's pretty obvious it's about Florida State. And, uh, you know, just given this, you kind of also have to kind of like, understandable the kind of everything that was kind of happening that weekend in terms of like the whole situation with Wesley Besaint, where, you know, it was kind of sort of reported that, you know, the Florida state staff asked him to throw down the U obviously that kind of gets around. He makes his way back down to Miami. So I do think that there was maybe some fresh emotion there uh, coming from Manny Diaz. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'm not mad at the comment, you know, I think that, you know, Manny Diaz and my, well, specifically Manny Diaz has done what he's had to do against Florida state, you know, throughout his career, you know, dating back to when he was the defensive coordinator and all that stuff, you know, four straight wins. So, you know, I think if uh, there's, if that program is in fact asking kids to do that uh, you know, I think one Manny Diaz has already shown what he can sort of do against that program, but 
you know, I think if they're going to sort of play dirty like that, I don't think Manny Diaz has ever been sort of shy um, from sort of, you know, maybe, you know, snapping back in a certain sense or saying his little piece when he can. And, um, you know, I think he's a competitive dude that understands the severity of, you know, winning these Miami, Florida state recruiting battles and, you know, how important it is, especially with local guys. So, um, you know, I, I'm not super shocked that he said it. Uh, I kind of love it just for the rivalry in general. Yeah. I think, I think it's always great for the rivalry when, you know, there is this sort of back and forth when there's kind of clear, but like also like sort of subtle, uh, little jabs at one another. Um, I think it just makes that November matchup just even that much more exciting. Um, and you know, I, I, I think if you're my, I think if you're Miami, uh, if you're Manny Diaz, uh, I mean, you have to feel pretty good saying, saying what you got to say, you know, you've done what you've had to do on Saturdays. And if they're trying to win recruiting in June and, you know, celebrating these wins, I think that it's a, it's good, you know, and honestly fair to sort of make those remarks, especially when they're personally sort of attacking your program. I I mean, I feel like he's the type of guy that's going to defend his guys and, you know, defend his program. And again, just sort of knows what he's already capable of doing to that program on, on the field. So I, I sort of loved it, honestly. Yeah, I think there's a lot of layers to this situation, right? And, um, you know, on the surface, you know, just if you take, you know, Manny Diaz's words for what they are, right? They, you know, Manny basically accusing Florida State of pressuring uh, prospects to commit when they're not ready. I don't think he can can realistically know that, right, or, or say that, Um So I don't know about that, but I think what he is talking about in terms of pressuring prospects to do things is like you, like you said, the Wesley Bassaint situation, right? Where uh, it is clear that Florida state staff is pushing prospects that they are battling Miami uh, for, or maybe it's just prospects from South Florida. I don't know uh, to throw the U upside down. And then, you know, get those photos out there somehow, Um, which, you know, I can I can say got under people's skin uh, in Coral Gables. And I think rightfully so. Right. So, uh, you know, you it's just it is kind of weird that they are like Miami's living in their head like that on an official visit that they care so much to throw shade at Miami like that. Like you don't see Miami. Um, on their photo shoots have prospects do the seminal chop or the tomahawk chop with the middle finger out. Yeah. Like you see, like you see UM fans do right um, at the game. So I think that's kind of what Manny Diaz is talking about when, when the high pressure outfit and, and the recruiting bake off of June, uh, that kind of stuff. Um, now I will say, I, I do think it's interesting that FSU wants to poke the bear right now. Um, you know, when, when Miami, you know, let's be real, Miami won 52 to 10 last year, uh, called the dogs off in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, I think the score could have been much worse. Honestly, the last two years, the score could have been much worse to both those games. Um, I think if Miami gets the opportunity this year, I'm not predicting anything, but if Miami gets the opportunity this year, I don't know if they're going to call the dogs off like they have the last two years. So that'll be interesting to watch. Um, and I think it's interesting too, like, you know, the talent gap between the programs has only widened since last year's 52 Definitely. to 10 win. <laughs> um, so 
again, I do find it all interesting, but like you said, I'm here for all of it. I love the rivalry. Uh, I love it when it gets chippy. I love it. You know, that we can talk about this in late June. So again, I'm here for all of it. I don't, I'm not mad at it. Um, let me ask you this, Gabby at the end of it, like, and I'll say this too, right? Like I am not, I'm not going to hate on FSU's class right now. I think if we're being real and authentic, Gabby, which we need to be on this pod, uh, we have to point out that right now, as things stand today, FSU's class is better than Miami's, right? It is. It straight up is. Will it end up that way? That will, that remains to be seen, right? But FSU has done a good job on the recruiting trail, especially for a team that went three and six last year, if I remember correctly. Um, you know, Travis Hunter, I think arguably the best player in the country, Sam McCall, a great athlete, five-star prospect. AJ Duffy is a quarterback prospect that a lot of people are high on. So they do have some high, high end talent. Uh, you know, especially the top half of their class, I think is pretty good. Now the bottom half of the class, I, you know, I'm not that high on, but Anyways, I judge kind of recruiting classes by the top half. And I think FSU's top half of the class is pretty good. And, you know, Miami's sitting here with only three commitments today. Again, like Manny Diaz said, doesn't matter in June. It matters what you are in December and February. So we'll see how it all plays out. Uh, but getting that out there, right? Um, at the end of the day, who do you think will end up with the higher rated class? Yeah. Um, I mean, again, I, I think a lot of it's going to be dependent on how Florida state season goes. I mean, I think if they have a, a good season again, you know, with a guy, a trends, uh, you know, a g- potentially generational talent with Travis Hunter, I could see the appeal of, you know, guys wanting to play with him. If Florida state is able to turn things around in 2021, but like you mentioned, David, I don't see the talent. Like I don't see Florida state being better in 2021 than they were in 2020. So I think if Florida state, let's say has another down year, um, you know, especially at the fact that I feel like they're sort of putting their tar- a target on their back, a bigger target on their back with, you know, sort of the recruiting antics and how they're kind of rubbing a lot of seemingly a lot of coaching staffs the wrong way. Um, you know, I think that I think that Miami would probably have the better recruiting class by far. I don't think it would I don't think it'd be close. So, um, you know, I think Miami, again, just being patient. Uh, I just think that ultimately when it's all said and done, that Miami's going to have a, a better recruiting class than Florida State, if I'm predicting right now. Uh, how wide of a gap that is, I think is really going to be dependent on how things go up in Tallahassee this season. Um, I, I, I really, again, I'm not trying to, this isn't like a really a homer take or anything like that, but I, I, I just can't, I can't see how you can project them to be any better than they were last year. Um, so, I mean, I could see things sort of falling apart there. You know, let's say they're able to string together a few wins and play a little bit better. I could see them having a, a, a good class. I'm not going to sit here and just hate on Florida state. Like I think that, you know, it could be a good class, but I mean, I'm not 100% sold that it's all going to stick together the way that it currently stands right now. Yeah, I think it depends on, you know, who has the better season relative to the expectations definitely. going into the Absolutely, season. Absolutely, yeah. right? I think like, Miami will definitely have a better season. You think so? Okay, so I think I think when that is the lens we're, we're discussing this through, uh, to me, it, it boils down to, do you think Florida State can go 6-6? Six and six? Or do you like, which is more likely to happen FSU going six and six or Miami going 10 and two? I really think Miami going 10 and two is more likely than 
than FSU going six and six. Honestly, I mean, just looking through their schedule, I mean, they lost to Georgia Tech last. I mean, I, I just don't see them. I, I don't see Florida State winning six. Yeah, games, I think six and six is the ceiling. For I, I, State. I, I agree. And I think, I think eleven and one is the season for Miami. Yeah. Um, you know, am I going to pick eleven and one for Miami? Most likely not. Uh, but but ten and two, I think, is likely. I think nine and three is also highly likely. Uh, but again, I think 10 and two is kind of the, the regular season record that could put Miami over the top in terms of recruiting success. And if FSU can go six and six with this roster, I think we have to be real Gabby. Like that would be an impressive achievement uh, for FSU because they don't really have very much talent on that team. And to go six and six would be a strong indication that Mike Norvell and his staff can get it done there. So Anything else? Move on nah, to the next topic. Yeah, I think we should, I think we can move on. Okay. So kind of within this framework, right? Miami's looking to generate some momentum, uh, whether it's fake or real. And I'll say this too, like Manny Diaz, I've asked him this. He's not a believer in recruiting momentum anyways. Um, you know, beyond this uh, recent quote, if you just asked him, you know, at the bar, hey, do you believe in, in recruiting momentum? He would say, absolutely not. You know, recruiting's only real on signing day to Manny Diaz. So it's also just something he believes in general, uh, besides throwing shade at Florida State. So, but anyways, it looks like Miami's in a position to land some commitments in July, right? Um, and I think as things stand here now, Gabby, there's kind of, let me see, four guys, I would say, that look like strong likelihoods of committing to Miami in the first half of July. And that would be, I guess, Chris Graves, four-star corner out of Fort Myers, Bishop Verreau, Zane Durant. We touched on him earlier. Nick Cole, three-star safety out of South Georgia and Falenta Carswell, a three-star offensive tackle out of Georgia. Um, am I missing anyone there? You think Gabby? No, I, I think that's about right. I mean, you always have the, you know, the potential, like, again, I'm probably feeling worse about this than I ever have, but, you know, Jacoby Spells is making a decision on July 4th. I'm not sure Miami feels great about where they stand currently heading into that one after he was a no-show at Paradise. Right. Um, you know, Isaiah Horton, I'm not sure. I know he's, he said that he's going to be a, uh, he was going to make a decision July 4th. I don't think that's going to happen anymore, so. You know, I think that's another one to maybe. Yeah, he smarter. says maybe mid-July now, right? Yeah, yeah. He's saying like okay. mid to late July now. So I could see, um, you know, I, I could definitely see four, five, you know, just especially early on, sort of depending on if anyone else decides that they just want to make a decision and, you know, someone that maybe hasn't announced publicly yet. Uh, of, but I, I could see it being a pretty, a pretty strong start to the month of July for Miami. And to me... Uh, you know, one of the more interesting ones of those four is Valentia Carswell. Uh, and you put in the, the first crystal ball uh, for Valentia to Miami. And, and can you just give us some insight? Why? Like what's going on there? What yeah. you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I just I, I just think that Miami, you know, again, he not a lot of schools have gotten him on campus. You know, he's a relatively new name in the in just the recruiting sort of world sort of kind of came up in like, I think it was like May, like April or May that his name started sort of circulating. 
And, uh, you know, Miami was the only school that was able to get him on campus for an official visit this month. You know, he was supposed to get to Oregon. Uh, something came up and, you know, wasn't able to make it out there. Uh, so Miami really has done uh, really just the best job of just getting that face time with him. And, uh, you know, I just think that they've put themselves in a pretty good spot. I actually spoke with him on the phone. Uh, a very soft-spoken kid, uh, you know, speaks in very short terms and all that stuff. But it seems like, you know, Garen Justice and him have watched a lot of film together. And, uh, you know, he, like, he feels like Coach Justice has really helped him with his game. And, you know, now that he's kind of transitioning from, like, you know, a basketball player to a football player. And it just seems like it's a good fit. So um, I think Oregon might be the team to watch here uh, if he's able, if he decides he wants to get on campus or anything like that later on this month, if it even goes that far. But I feel pretty good about where Miami stands right now. And I think that they're in a good position to, to land his commitment if you were to move forward with that. And the other guys, just to know, right, like we named kind of the four most likely to pick Miami in the month of July. Um, you know, Leighton Nelson, a three-star offensive tackle out of Orlando, he's going to announce, I guess, on July 4th. I don't know if we necessarily feel like it, it would be Miami right now. Um, Dontre Richardson, supposed, like we said earlier, supposed to commit later in July. Again, that's a Miami-Florida State battle. I would probably lean towards Florida State as things stand right now. And then Devin Jackson, the, the Nebraska linebacker who pushed his commitment date, you know, maybe two or three weeks. May, might commit later in July, but but we'll see. Uh, you know, that's a Miami-Arizona State battle. So, you know, this number from four could be, you know, six, seven by the end of July. Um, you know, Gabby, I think, it, do you think it's like fair to say Miami might be, you know, right now, I think they're what, like number 58 or something in the country, their, their recruiting class. They only have three commitments in the class. I feel like, you know, by the start of fall camp, they might be like number 35 or so in that range. Do you think that's fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely, I could definitely see Miami moving up, uh, multiple spots like I honestly wouldn't be even super surprised to see them you know again maybe even get into like the high 20s or something like that I'm not saying that they're sure. going to jump into the top 15 but you know you also got to mix in Demario Tolan in there like that would be a huge addition right. if you were to if you were to pick Miami on on the eighth and you got Chris Graves another four-star guy right there who could potentially shoot Miami up the rankings some um and so again let's say Devon Jackson or Devin Jackson does decide let's say maybe July 16th or 17th. Hey, you know what? Miami is where I want to be. And he decided that, that's a top two, four, seven linebacker you're adding in right there. Right. So, you know, I think that there's an avenue where Miami's recruiting class could, could take a significant leap in the recruiting rankings. Again, not saying you're going to see them on the, the top 10 list on the front page of 24 seven or anything like that. But yeah, I can definitely see them just kind of creeping back in to, to the, to the point where there's not going to be a lot of questions raised to coach Diaz in these press conferences of, Hey, why is recruiting go, going so slowly? Or, Hey, why do you have the 42nd or 50th ranked recruiting class? Like I could see those questions being put to the side relatively soon. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like we're going to be preaching this, this cycle, but Miami is going to be patient for, for big time prospects, right? So Shamar Stewart, Miami is a leader on the crystal ball. He's probably not going to make a commitment anytime soon. Um, but you know, if he did ever commit to Miami, that's going to be a huge jump because he is the number seven player in the country. Miami is also going to be patient with Kamari Wilson, five-star safety, uh, Marvin Jones, Jr. They're going to keep recruiting him. Uh, Trequan Fegans, 
you know, top 100 corner, Jaleel Skinner, top 100 tight end, Anthony Lucas, Nigel Lee Kelly. You kind of see the point I'm making. Wesley DeSaint, too. Wesley DeSaint. Right. So they're going to be in the mix for all these big time guys. And honestly, this, the ceiling of this class kind of boils down to the success of the season. Um, So if Miami has a successful season, I think it's going to really start rolling downhill and recruiting as well. Um, But let's close with this, Gabby. Um, You know, not to be negative, I guess, but, but what position group would you feel like you are most nervous about uh, with recruiting here at the end of June? Yeah, uh, that's tough. I'm, I would say, I, I think, I feel like there's a couple of different ways I can go with this. Um, I'm going to say defensive end. And uh, right now, just because you do have the Shamar Stewart and the Nigel Kelly's and, you know, those are the Marvin Jones juniors. Uh, and those are all guys who are going to wait it out. You know, these are all guys that could potentially wait until early signing day. Like I think Nigel Kelly has said in the past, uh, his next commitment is going to come on early signing day. Uh, Shamar Stewart has said his next decision is going to come on early signing day. So, you know, just the fact that it's going to be a waiting game for a lot of those, you know, top end targets at the position. And obviously there's a chance that you miss on them. You know, that's just the reality of, of recruiting. So, you know, just the fact that Miami is really going after these like top of the line guys that are not planning on announcing pretty anytime soon. I think that makes me a little nervous. Again, not saying that I don't feel good about where they stand with those guys, but just because of how the calendar is going to sort of fall on when you're going to figure out whether you're getting those guys or not, that makes me pretty nervous. And uh, I, I could probably go a couple other directions too, but that's probably where I'll sit for now. I'll go tight end. Um, yeah. You know, I think Miami's definitely going to keep recruiting Jaleel Skinner, um, which I like, right? You know, swing for the fences. Definitely. But, uh, you know, let's say they, they miss on Jaleel Skinner. I don't know what's next. Um so I don't know, maybe they would, maybe they would make a move on your boy to Carlo Donaldson, maybe. which I wouldn't be against to be honest. Um, so yeah, I would go tight end. Um, but there's still like Manny Diaz said, the recruiting bake off of June doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> so there is still plenty of time here to, to definitely add important pieces to this recruiting class. And, uh, we will be here to cover it all. So let's wrap this one up, Gabby. Um, we might do one more podcast this week. We'll see how it goes. Um, but it was a fun conversation, Gabby. Appreciate it. Want to thank everyone who signed up, uh, took advantage of our coverage during the month of June. Um, we had a ton of signups and so we want to welcome all you guys, all you listeners that converted. Thank you very much. We always appreciate it. And, uh, till next time, appreciate it, Gabby. Thanks, man. Absolutely guys. show is fire country i'm not a hero i'm in orange for a reason they're taking 12 months off your sentence you're free lady with a special epic season finale now that i'm out i need something to get me up in the morning you are a firefighter you speak that will be unforgettable in the name of your life's happiness go get your girl she's getting married tomorrow says when do you let anything get in the way of what you want the fire country season finale friday 9 8 central on cbs and streaming on paramount plus